But through that and being very compelled to kind of buy that ranch personally for the family, developed a great relationship with that broker. And right after we bought our ranch, I said, hey, you know, could we buy one of these and and then sell it for a profit? You know, if we bought 100 acres, well, not everybody wants to buy 100 acres. Somebody might want to buy 25 acres and they'll be pay- they'll be willing to pay more per acre for a smaller and you know we got a real salesman uh, on board with our broker and he's like absolutely let's do some deals this is your daily real estate syndication show i'm your host whitney Sewell. well as an entrepreneur you know in your career you're going to have to pivot many times right you have to be, get creative and that's oftentimes where where people shine right as a business owner you're going to hear today our, we're back again with our guest devin elder how he has done that in their business and how they pivoted in a couple of ways uh, and added value to their investors uh, as well, or continued to add value to their investors and their team and to grow uh, in ways that I have not heard of really many other operators doing these two things that he's going to share with you today. Devin, welcome back to the show. We're going to jump right back in. I want to remind the listeners, though, hey, go back and listen to yesterday's show. Uh, Devin actually uh, who dove into uh, a deal that they're closing right now. It's 300 units, and he lays out a number of aspects about that deal, even raising the money, some, some key points about raising the capital and things they're doing now that I know is going to be helpful to you. Uh, as you are growing your syndication business and your investor list and want to stay in front of them. Uh, but Devin, you know, recently... Um, you have, or, or I don't know how recent, uh, you and I have talked about it, but you you all pivoted into, into maybe some other asset classes. I know you and probably you and I both were very multifamily focused, right? And have been for a long time, uh, but you all have gotten creative, right? And, and done a couple other things. I want to dive into that. Uh, and and even the the thought process of being able to to pivot, right? You know, and, and doing some other things that I feel like sometimes we can be so you know, have the blinders on, right? We're so focused uh, and think this is the only route, this is the only path, doing multifamily deals the way we've been doing them the last however many years. Um, and a lot of that's changed, right? Uh, the way we're doing deals now. So uh, give us some, you know, some of the thing, ways that you all recently pivoted and let's dive in on those. Yeah, sure. So it's interesting. It's, you know, I would advise someone that's starting to have the blinders on, right? Yeah. I think in anything that you're trying to develop mastery in. So I think it's tempting when you're starting real estate investing. Oh my gosh, there's a there's a thousand things on the menu. And is this one better? And you're, you're running around with shiny object syndrome. I think we're all susceptible to that early on. Where, you know, our company is or was a number of years ago, we kind of had already developed wouldn't go so far as saying mastery, but a high level of competency around buying these multifamily properties and all the things that entails, operations and the equity and, and all that stuff. Um, but at some point, you know, I'm running this company and saying we're we're putting a lot of eggs in the basket of being able to find another 200 unit deal. And, you know, we don't want to be, we don't ever want to be in a position to have to buy a deal for fees or whatever. Um, so, you know, what does that look like? And it just kind of worked out for us that I had met a broker in 2020 and bought a ranch in South Texas. Um, and I don't know, it was almost, uh, I was almost just compelled to do it. It was almost like a God thing. Like I just felt this overwhelming urge to buy this ranch and I couldn't, I would even have these conversations with myself. Like what, what, this makes no sense. What am I doing here? I just feel like a field of dreams here. If you build it, they'll come. I have to buy this ranch. And I don't know what it was. It turned out to be one of the best things for family. You know, it's a, me and my boys go out there and hunt. And in the beginning, we camped and then we ended up putting a house on it. So, really amazing experience. Great place to get away, really rough terrain, all that. 
But through that and being very compelled to kind of buy that ranch personally for the family, developed a great relationship with that broker. And right after we bought our ranch, I said, Hey, you know, could we buy one of these and and then sell it for a profit? You know, if we bought hundred acres, well, not everybody wants to buy a hundred acres. Somebody might want to buy 25 acres and they'll be pay- they'll be willing to pay more per acre for smaller. And, you know, we got a real salesman uh, on board with our broker and he's like, absolutely, let's do some deals. You know, he's going to get to do both ends of the transaction. I'm a cash buyer. He's loving it. So we went out and did a couple little deals, you know, 100 acres, 150 acres, 300 acre deals, prove the model out and and them couldn't be any simpler. You know, if we're buying something at 5,000 an acre, buying 100 acres, we might sell three tracks at 8,000 an acre. And, and And what you're doing is you just, you're creating a smaller piece of land that has a different buyer pool. We're not building houses on it. We're not getting plats and and doing a bunch of improvements necessarily. Simply just taking it from one kind of buyer pool to another. Think about it like a wholesale retail. You know, we're buying a lot of it. We're selling smaller pieces of it for a higher price. So that was it, and, and that was um, it, it made money. And not only that, it was super fun. And we got all these ranches, you know, we got all these places to go hunt on, go camp on. That's a lot of fun. I love our brokers. He's become a friend. We, you know, go on hunting trips and go play golf together. So like all the things you want in a, in kind of a business relationship were there. And then, you know, after having some success on our own account, took it to our, our investor relations and said, Hey, do you think people be interested in doing these land deals with us at, you know, there's no bank involved. It's not equity. We'll just pay them 11% on their money and we'll be in and out in a year. And we started launching those to our investor base and uh, they liked them. So now, you know, we've done, I mean, just tens of millions of dollars of transactions of, of land now um, using that same model. And, um, you know, they're not the type of deals where we're 10X in money or anything like that, but they're enough. I've done enough real estate deals over the years. There's meat on the bone. Everybody involved can win. The investors like it because they're it's debt and it's short term. You know, it's not this long term. And then you know we get to make a little money off them on quicker turns. That bottom line to kind of bring it full circle makes us less dependent on having to do a multifamily deal. Whole companies based around doing multifamily deals, but we can go do these land deals to supplement. And it does two things. It it gives us deals for the company to churning away on deals, making some money. And then it gives us another menu item for investors. And and I mean, I said on our one of our other segments, Whitney, that, you know, we'd like to buy a deal a quarter, two deals a quarter, multifamily. You know, we're geared, we're, we're, we're ready to go for that kind of stuff. Yeah, we but, yeah but you, you can't find them. And yeah. now you're looking at a deal a year or two deals a year. Man, that's a lot of dead time for those investors to just be reading your newsletter without anything to sink their teeth into. So now with the land stuff, we might have eight land deals in a year. Now they're smaller, a million dollars, two, three, four million dollars, but it's something to get out there. And what we're hearing from investors is like, hey, yeah, you know, we just we like you guys. We want to keep rolling the money and we're coming out of this. You know, what what do you got? And so just being able to be in front of people all the time with that debt offering. Um, has been really great for the for the firm. Really, really great for the firm and for the investors. It's just another menu item for them to for them to look at. It's optionality. It's optionality for the investors. It's optionality for us. Um, and, and you know, compared to multifamily, it's been pretty minimal from like a management perspective. Yeah. You know? I love that part of it too. You know, it's it's probably I would imagine much less due diligence, uh, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, as well. So it's just less. Less required of your team to go 
to produce some transactions here that that uh, that's producing some some returns for your investors. You're right, you know, and for you all. Uh, and so, uh, you know, can you speak to the structure of that a little bit? Uh, and because I was just thinking about, you know, how you're getting getting investors involved in that now and how it's structured with them a little bit. Yep. So we just set up a 506B debt offering and we just had the attorney draw it up to say, hey, we're going to launch this company. It's going to, we're going to raise just like a multifamily syndication. We're going to sell shares in it, thousand bucks a share, 50, 50 share minimum come in and we're raising this much money. Here's our sources and uses. Um, we're going to pay 10% while we're in it. So 10% annualized monthly distributions, 12 months out exit. We got one point on the exit there. So you know, kind of a standard PPM, like you would expect to see on a multifamily deal. Um, you know, our attorney, we've kind of reduced our costs a little bit just because it's rinse and repeat, same thing every time. So it's, it's, we're not, we're not into it for the cost that we'd be on like a full multifamily deal. Also, there's not all these lender negotiations. I mean, when you're hiring your syndication attorney on a $30 million apartment, you know, a lot of that bang for the buck is, man, all the back and forth with lender counsel, right? Right. I would not, you know, you got to have the right person on the team to be running that. But on these land deals, like there's, there's literally not a lender. There's not as much due diligence. It's just, hey, we're raising this bucket of cash. I'm usually in for call it a 20% co-invest. If we're raising a million bucks for a piece of dirt, I've got 200K in there. And then we're just, we're just going out and buying it cash and subdividing it and selling it. Yeah, so you're not raising on a per deal basis. Uh, obviously, they're a lot smaller, so uh, that would probably not be cost efficient to do that. But so you're raising a fund that's open all the time. Well, you know? we, we're both. We actually are raising per deal uh, on the land, okay. and and usually the, it's it's at least a million bucks. Uh, and like I mentioned, it's kind of a rinse and repeat deal on the legal docs, so the the cost is not uh, it's not egregious there. But we a million's kind of our threshold to say, hey, it, we even kind of have our systems internally. It's like, is this syndicated or not syndicated? If it's a land deal for 400K, we're, I'm just going to buy that cash. If it reaches that seven-figure all-in mark, okay, we're probably going to throw that out to investors and maybe put you know, five, 10, 15 folks on that deal uh, with us. So we are doing that per per project. It's a little, yeah, I mean, it's syndication, you know? Um, yeah. But it's it's so rinse and repeat for us that we kind of have it all dialed in. We've got our our costs dialed in, and it it works. Uh, we, and then we do have a fund, which is kind of a separate thing. But uh, yeah, we've been doing these ranch deals, just kind of one off uh, one off syndications. Okay, so you all will do a uh, a debt deal or a fund on each of these land transactions, but then you also have a debt fund that's just open all the time. Is that right? Yeah, it's open all the time. And, you know, I've wanted to do this for years just to have some flexibility and and have cash to be able to execute on some stuff. I just was never comfortable being on, on the clock, I guess, for it. You know, I, in my mind, I wanted to have a fund where if you contribute to the fund, it's paying out. You know, um, I didn't, and, and I know folks will do funds where they're subscribing it, but they're not calling capital. I, I don't want to be in a situation where, You've committed a hundred thousand to me, and I'm not going to tell you when I need it. And and I'm going to come back seven months later and go, all right, Whitney, we're ready for your money. And you go, well, shoot, man, I, you know, I made other plans or life right. got in the way or whatever. So I like I like to get capital in and immediately start. It's on the clock for investors. So that means we need to kind of have a lot of deal flow. So what we were able to do is basically, you know, four buckets of types of deals. We'd occasionally do some small one-off stuff. Maybe it's commercial, maybe it's single family. Um, pretty rare, but 
just outright cash purchases and then a, a value add and an exit or a value add and a refinance to take the fund out. Land deals, you know, where we're buying rural land that we're not syndicating or we're buying um, land that we're going to develop. So we've, we've been doing industrial contractor garage flex type projects. And, you know, we might be into a piece of dirt for a million bucks and there's six months that we've got to be in it and doing all our stuff with the civil engineer and with the city and getting, you know, all the boxes checked on, on all our pre-development work. You know, that might be six months where, you don't want the whole capital stack raised, but you, you do need 500 or a million bucks to, to lock up the land and stay in it. And then we kind of capitalize it fully when we're ready to, when we're ready to uh, put shovels in the ground. So that was, you know, industrial is another one. And then there's potential too, where uh, we haven't deployed into this yet, but we expect to where, Hey, we're getting a low leverage loan at say 55%. We're going to bring some of that fund in to take it up to 65% so we can get a little bit better leverage and and make a little better return for the equity in the deal. And in that respect, it's acting kind of as our own little pref equity bucket that can still produce. You know, we're trying to put the our fund out at 12%. So it's still a little bit better than we could get third-party pref equity and a lot less fees and headache and everything like that, still produce a yield. Um, and so those, there was enough different asset types for us to put the fund into, to, to say, yeah, let's go through the, let's go through the legal expense and everything of setting this up. And then the, so that's the benefit for us is just more optionality to get into deals and enough types of deals that we're doing in our backyard here in San Antonio to be able to deploy that. And then for investors, it solves the problem of, okay, you come in, you talk to us, sounds good. You're excited. You got hundred grand. You want to put into a deal. Well, hopefully we find a deal. Watch your email. It's a bad experience, right? Yeah. And and then you do watch your email. And if it's a smaller deal, it fills up overnight. You missed it. And if you're a new investor with us, it's like, well, that, that wasn't a great experience. So now on every call, we could say, well, listen, you know, we do multifamily, we do land stuff, but there's a debt fund right now if you want to try us out. Again, optionality, another menu item. So we've grown that right now. Uh, we're at about eight and a half million dollars. We'd like to take that fund to twenty-five million. So not not a huge fund. I talked to a equity uh, provider yesterday, and they're like, "Yeah, we're raising a two hundred million dollar discretionary fund. We don't know what we're going to use it for, but we're gonna start raising it now. We think there's going to be some deals." And I was like, "Well, okay, yeah, that sounds sounds good." Um, so. Different strokes for different folks. So, you know, but it's, it's, we've been around long enough. We've got enough types of deals to deploy it into that I feel comfortable being able to, to have it about 80%, 80% of the cash in that fund deployed at any given time to be able to kind of make the numbers work. That's awesome. Cause that would be my concern, right? Is like being able to get it deployed fast enough because these investors yep. are earning immediately. Yep. Uh, and yeah, and obviously you don't want to do a bad deal, right? Or be, or, you know, feel like, you know, be pressured, right? Uh, but if you got enough deal flow that you can count on, uh, you know, obviously that's that's the key, right? Uh, yeah. But it sounds like you know this could be used for a number of different asset classes potentially, right? For you all to be able to maintain getting it out, right, uh, out of your yeah, own hands. Definitely, I think you know the common denominator of the fund is we own it and control it, and I think that's you know I would say one of the big selling points of the fund is we're not going to go do a hard money loan with it. We're not going to go do pref equity with it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just we don't want to we don't want to extend that responsibility to other operators. We we'll say, hey, yeah. this is our fund. We're committing this to our investors. 
these are deals that that I, Devin Elder, have title to, right? And control one, you know, single decision maker on this stuff. So um that's that was important to me to be able to kind of say that for the fun. But within that, hey, we've been at this for you know a decade now. We've done a lot of different deal types. We've done them a lot of times in our own account first and then gone full cycle on a bunch to where we really have kind of feel like we've proven the model on enough different stuff to feel to feel comfortable to to deploy a fund. So it took, like I said, it took years for me to kind of get comfortable with having enough diversity of deal flow in the common denominators. We we control it, you know. Um, yeah. So and you all you all pre- stayed pretty close to home, right? As well as far as the deals you all are doing. It sounds like even the land flipping is, you know, pretty close to home as well. Um, we do. We do. I mean, the multifamily is just about all in San Antonio. Um, and then the land stuff, it's more rural. So we're looking for 90 minutes outside of major metro. So we might be 90 minutes outside of Houston, you know, so you're in between Houston and San Antonio. We've got um, some that's uh, 90 minutes outside of Austin. But, you know, all that stuff is still, you know, kind of central Texas. Um, and for the rural land stuff, it's it's a different deal. I mean, people are buying it because it's rural, you know, but yeah. still still a place that can take the kids on the weekend and a short drive. So, but it is it is pretty concentrated. You know, we've had some internal meetings on, do we want to try to expand to Dallas and, and Austin? And uh, the answer is yes, if, if the right deal presents itself. But uh, there's a home court advantage too on um, on the stuff to be, 15 minutes away from, from just about all of it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I was thinking through that. I love that, that model. I love land as well, especially yeah. large tracks. And you mentioned yeah. ranch. I'm like, man, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and so, um, well, what about uh, any other ways while we're on this thought anyway, that, that you all have been creative, say over the last year or had to pivot, you know, or branch out. And, and, and especially if there's ways that, you know what, it's like Whitney, we didn't see this coming, but we pivoted here and we're better off you know, because of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I know I just kind of discussed the whole land model, but that was a real blessing, right? It just allowed us to do deals when maybe the multifamily bucket or or um, division of the business, like, hey, just it's not producing the deal flow like we would like. And that's, you know, not unique to us. That's everybody. But we've got deal flow and profit off these other deals that that's okay. You know, and it really takes the pressure off of having to do one type of deal. So the land was a huge pivot for us, super important for our our growth and well-being over the last two years, you know, and it was it was outside the box, but um that was that was huge for us. Um, so that that's been the big pivot for us. You know, we also yeah. started the management company, which wasn't necessarily a pivot, you know, it's just Hey, we were we we're paying the fees. We thought we could do better. We built it. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's not easy, but I'd still, you know, at least you're talking to me right now. I'd still rather have it and have that control and be able to, you know, email a leasing agent right now at an asset and, or, you know, and and kind of have that control that makes that makes owning the management company. So that was that was a pivot that that a lot of operators have have gone through. But the big one for us is just, hey, how do we get creative on deal flow? And you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to grow investor capital. That's our product. So if there's a way to grow investor capital that we feel good about, then you know, it's real estate, and and we can kind of prove the model first on our own account. Then it's something we'd uh, we'd explore. 
Love that. No, that's awesome. I love the creativity and being able to pivot. I think we have to as entrepreneurs be, you know, to have our eyes open in some other ways and uh, at different times through our career, right? Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Devin, we're going to end this segment here. I just think it's incredible what you all have done being able to pivot. And I hope that's uh, pushing the listeners to think through that, right? What are some other ways we can ge- generate revenue, uh, not just for our company, but for our investors uh, as well? There may be something else, man, if multifamilies very slow, which it probably is for everybody listening, <laughs> you know. Um, right. But uh, before we before we head into the next segment and in, 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 for tomorrow's uh, episode, uh, how can they get in touch with you and learn more about you, Devin? Yeah, thanks, Whitney. The best spot would be our website, djetexas.com. So that's Delta Juliet Echo Texas.com. And you can see some of the deals we're doing and uh, podcasts and, and reach out and connect with us. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.